Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Stew on This. I'm Stu Bittman. This episode is called A Huge Head and One Finger. A couple of weeks ago, it was dumping snow here in Tahoe, but the activity at our backyard bird feeder was still fast and furious. I sat, as I generally do in the morning, watching the chickadees frolicking around at the feeders. And as always, I felt that awe and wonder I always experience in nature or watching nature. And it's more than more than just awe and wonder. I get a sense of normalcy. You know, apparently the chickadees hadn't heard about our unprecedented situation, so it's really nice to see something proceeding uh, as it used to proceed before all this stuff happened. Then I started to think, wow, these chickadees don't even have a fire going at home to dry and warm up. And I don't know, somehow my thoughts drifted from awe and wonder and uh, an appreciation for normalcy to just how entitled we as human beings are and how disconnected we are from nature. Even me. <laughs> I'm sitting there in my warm house uh, with my fire going. You know, I who advocate one with oneness with nature and who partakes in nature as my main sanctuary am slightly and somewhat disconnected, too. So, this all led me somehow to a kind of a dark place for a day or two, a a place of anger and frustration and overwhelm and, and a bit of helplessness over that disconnection. You know, I gotta say, if you're a regular listener to Stu on this, you can probably confirm that almost every single episode has been beautifully positive, which I'm proud of, and it tells me I've held the high watch pretty well through all this stuff. But for those few days, I was back where I was kind of last June when I recorded episode 35, which you may remember was titled, Fuck It All. (laughs) Anyway, I'm much better now. But for the first time, I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to read something to you. I'm going to read the blog that I wrote while I was in that kind of dark place. And I'm going to do that because not only did it feel good for me to write it, but I think that its honesty and its rawness might resonate with you too. So here it goes. It's called A Huge Head and One Finger. Back in April of 1970, I was 13 and a half years old prepubescent and chubby, and deeply concerned for the world. Well, not so much for the world. I was concerned for human beings and their place in the world. The previous couple of years had been a tremendous loss of innocence in many ways, especially 1968. And I was reading lots of Kurt Vonnegut Jr., George Orwell, Aldous Huxley, and several more of those happy-go-lucky guys pointing out the impending doom of our disconnection from nature. Earlier that semester in ninth grade, I'd written a science fiction story for English class about futuristic humans whose bodies had evolved to become just a huge head and one finger, for pushing buttons, of course. Well, this pretty well describes my personal outlook at that time on the future. Then, magically, on the 28th of April, 1970, the first Earth Day happened. It is difficult to describe the hope I remember experiencing from that event. Apparently, Kurt, George, Aldous, and I weren't the only ones concerned. Things seemed better for a while, but it soon became apparent that Earth Day would just be another annual event that shouldn't even be necessary, because what it celebrates is important every day. 
you know, like Valentine's Day with love and Thanksgiving Day with gratitude. Well, now it's 50 years of Earth Days later, and I'm still hopeful. But I'm also wishing those happy-go-lucky guys had made their books way scarier than they did, because here we are, even more disconnected from nature. We are disconnected to the point where most people don't even recognize that as a problem. As the problem. In the chasm of technology, greed, and materialism that has developed between us and nature, we've not only despoiled the planet, we've lost a vital part of ourselves. As a result, sickness and dis-ease in many forms has crept into both the planet and us. For me, COVID-19 is not only just the latest symptom of that problem, but also a wake-up call that we're well on the way to becoming huge heads with one finger, completely isolated from nature, and completely isolated from all the other huge heads with one finger. Hmm. I realize now that even the one finger has become superfluous, as we undoubtedly already have the technology to have our huge head microchipped so we can all live a completely virtual life in a bubble, instantly tapped into Netflix and Amazon, etc. Just think of it. We wouldn't have to worry at all about the messy business of being in a body, or of rubbing elbows with other people, or of making relationships work. We wouldn't have to worry about that nasty, dangerous place called the natural world. We wouldn't have to worry about it making us sick. In fact, since we'll only be essentially a set of neural processes, we wouldn't even have to worry about dying, as we'll undoubtedly figure out a way to keep those processes going forever. And wow, to achieve this nightmare scenario of quote-unquote evolution, all we have to do is give up touching and hugging and making love and connecting with people in groups and our loved ones and giving a shit about the rest of creation. We've already accomplished that for a whole year. Why stop now? Is our only goal as a species to fight the symptoms of our most pressing current problem with vaccines, masks, and staying away from each other just so we can get back to business as usual? Or is this the time to finally start truly living according to that wonderful idea that I still see on bumper stickers, Earth Day Every Day? Our relationship with ourselves and with the rest of creation is what needs to be healed. As chiropractic people, I've always assumed we were in the perfect position to be the standard bearers of this idea. After all, the most widely accepted definition of chiropractic that comes from Stevenson's textbooks, begins with the words, chiropractic is a philosophy, science, and art of things natural. So who better than chiropractors to reacquaint the world with itself? Who better to stand for the principles of oneness and wholeness? Who better to advocate for what B.J. Palmer said, which was, the world is our home, and we are at home in the world? In fact, 15 or 20 years ago, I came up with an idea for another science fiction story, one I never wrote, <laughs> this time about a post-apocalyptic world in which chiropractors were the ones who lead humanity back to the old ways of cooperation and mutual reciprocity with all life. Well, in my judgment, compared to our potential, to our potential ability to be this and to do this, we as a profession have been, at best, underachievers. Perhaps we've been waiting for a post-apocalyptic world. 
Well, we're not quite to that point yet, so we still have time to reconsider that part about waiting. I know and I tremendously appreciate that many of you who are hearing this, reading this, have not been waiting for anything, have been part of the solution, and without whom things would undoubtedly be far shittier. I hope you know who you are. And I also know we can all step up just a bit for the principles we love. It is not too late for us as chiropractic people to truly lead ourselves and others out of this chasm. My latest blogs and podcasts have been full of ideas on how that could look. In fact, I could say that my entire career has been about that. But right now, I'm not really in the mood to put a happy ending on this Huxley-esque rant. I just needed to get it off my chest. Hopefully, it will wake someone up from their sleep. And maybe 50 years from now, we won't need the holidays, because every day will be Earth Day, Valentine's Day, and Thanksgiving Day. Ah, well, that was the blog. And yes, not quite as peace and lovish as usual, but it came from a place of deep concern for future generations, for our generation. And it's not too late. Folks have been concerned about science and technology and greed, driving us further and further away from our natural state of oneness with nature for a long time. I would hate to think where we'd be now without that concern. And it's important to me that that concern doesn't get lost in the shuffle of simply getting back to business as usual. So my hope is that this year of unprecedented disconnection from nature will rekindle that concern and help us remember that we can never be healthier or safer than the planet is or the rest of nature is because we are nature and nature is us. In 1932, Max Planck one of the most brilliant scientists of that or any era, generally considered the father of quantum theory, said this, Science cannot solve the ultimate mystery of nature, and that is because, in the last analysis, we ourselves are part of the mystery that we are trying to solve. I'll close by paraphrasing that and saying, We can run and hide from nature, but we'll only be running and hiding from ourselves. Stew on that. I'll see you next week.